Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. I'm Dave. Dave, another topic I've been looking forward to talking about. Yeah. Uh, I was inspired recently by Rand Paul. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, he's a senator from, I think, Kentucky. Yeah. And he was on the Senate floor talking about wasteful government spending. And it inspired me. I thought, you know what? That's a, that's a worthy topic. It is. And in fact, I, when I went to research some of the later ones, his came up, and that's where I saw too. That like, you oh, saw the same gosh. one. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Because it, it, you know, I got kind of introduced to that back, I think it was back in the Trent Gowdy days. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the 43 the tray, tray Gowdy. Gowdy. Yeah. Tray, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was talking about uh, the spending back then for like a $43 breakfast and buying these trinkets mm-hmm. on our dime and, you know, all the generosity that they are giving mm-hmm. when it's on our dime, you know, to certain, you know, um, like Congress people spending. Yeah. Congress yeah. people. Yeah. And it was just appalling. And, uh, even from that to hookers to boot, yeah, you know, back, you know, that there was a big deal with, <laughs> with, you know, our, um, service people that were, you know, when they were on leave would go, mm-hmm. Have a good time with Have the uh, locals. Yeah, there you go. That's a nice <laughs> way to say it. But but yeah, and then then to think about the the latest ones mm-hmm. are just ridiculous. And Rand Paul did go go through them. So I'm glad you have a list of his. I hope I do. I do. I I, I watched his video and cocaine it, birds. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're quail uh, to be Uh-oh. exact. <laughs> but uh yeah i so um yeah so rand paul i think it was several uh speeches that he made and one of them had been kind of cut up and and made to be a little bit more short and condensed i think it was like less than five minutes and then uh another one he was on i think the senate floor again and it was like 30 some odd minutes of of him talking about different ways that the government seems to be wasting you know taxpayer dollars right and so I watched the I watched the shorter version of it, and it talked about some really like sponsoring these uh, scientific studies. And one of them, what you're talking about, is studying the the effects of of cocaine on quail, and if they're their more if they're and... more promiscuous on cocaine than than off cocaine. Because you know the because the <laughs> quail have such an issue with cocaine That's these right. days. That they need to see, you know, or is it going to mess with their your, their mating habits? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to be like more quail that they than they can handle, or less? <laughs> well, I can probably assume how their promiscuity would uh, would change while they're high on cocaine. Well, yeah, they probably go mess around with that one over there, and then be like, "Well, shoot, man, I ain't going to sleep right now, huh? <laughs> so I'm going to go mess around with that one over there too." Excuse me, Stan. <laughs> You know, it'd be a disaster. Uh-huh. I hope they're not planning on introducing these quail. And then what are they going to do with the quail after they're all hooked on the cocaine? Yeah. They're just going to let them free. <laughs> some freaking cracked out, you know, birds flying around. Yeah, yeah. hope they, like, bring them down easy. Yeah. They'll probably move to, like, you know, San Francisco and Portland and <laughs> take up shop. <laughs> There's enough programs there to support them yeah, after their true. drug habit is done. That's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so Rand Paul was talking about uh, about just ridiculous scientific studies. So that was one of them, the sexual promiscuity of quail. Uh, $350,000 spent on that study. That's a pretty good amount of ch- uh, change, right? Right. Uh, let's see. Studying the, the mating call of the uh, Panamanian frog. They, they spent $466,000, and they were trying to figure out if the mating call of this frog was different out in the country versus right. in the city. That's right. <laughs> Why? I don't get what, what would be what would be the real like what are they going to discover and go, "Oh, aha. What is I going to relate to at all?" You know, I don't measure life on how much money you make, so I'm going to be like so those nerds, there's some ner- how about this? There's some nerds out there going, "Hey, you know, there's these frogs. I wonder <laughs> if they're the ones that are, you know, you know, downtown in Central Park have mm-hmm. different mating calls than what they do in their, you know, hometown. I bet this was one of those... Who those... sits around and comes up with that? And then to come up with a pitch to sell it to people that have the money to give them 
money to do this. It's insane. My guess is that it was like a bet. You know, it was one of, <laughs> right. They had to they had to figure out who was right, or maybe or maybe this was one of those trending questions on for Siri or Alexa. You know, this is all the mumble jumble yeah. that Siri can never make out. Yeah, they well, they had to figure it out. It was category. a question that Siri couldn't answer, so they had to go spend <laughs> half a million dollars on figuring it out. Uh, another one they had a one point three million dollars to study um, bugs in animal feed. Oh, you know, adding a little protein to the uh, yeah, know, the see, grain. I'd want to know that my dog deserves to know. <laughs> but one point three million to see if you should put bugs in animal feed. It seems a little outrageous to me. I know who's paying all these people. What are they driving? You know, I mean, are these people making good living? You know, that are I don't know getting these grants to I. Well, I don't know. I yeah, I did watch a study or a um a, I think it was a Netflix special. And you know, I I know you love Bill Gates. So this was a uh a set of scientists who were who were studying uh vaccines and they were testing it on pigs. And they were trying to get the Gates Foundation. I think it was the Gates Foundation or one of his um you know, associate foundations. And they were trying to get funding. And so the the thing basically chronicled these two scientists going through all this experimental whatever. But it was, I don't think, I think they were trying to get like a million dollars, but I could see how that sort of study could then help out, you know, humans and, and understand sure. viruses sure. and that sort of thing. But I, but I don't get some of these other ones. Uh, here's a, a really, I think, wasteful one. It, they were studying selfies and they wanted to know if you take a selfie of yourself and then you come back and look at it later, does it make you happy? Yeah. We'll give you a little pick-me-up. Yeah. $500,000. I know. And, and, who's, con- and who's, <laughs> who's conducting these tests? Well. You know, I mean, I don't know. What's the point? I don't know. Yeah, what is the point? I think that's where all of these things fall is what is the point? Here's another one, $700,000 to figure out whether Neil Armstrong said one, stall, one small step for man. Oh, yeah. Or did he say one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind? They were trying to determine whether he said a man or just man. But so have they gotten past the point of what are you going to do with either one of those answers? <laughs> yeah, what's the result if oh, you end up with well, one? Well, now, well, now we're kind of like painting ourselves in a corner. Uh, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Something else to find, something else to contradict. Well, I just wonder, you know, some of those people who are doing these studies, what their budget looks like. Where, where do they spend that kind of money? Right. So, I mean, is it all them driving nice cars and yeah. then they just come go to work and sip on coffee and mm-hmm. shoot the breeze? No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go home. Uh, we talked in uh, one of the previous podcasts about John Stossel. Yeah. And I I really have enjoyed looking at some of his old videos of, you know, because he's, he's kind of a, I would like to say that he's kind of a libertarian. He thinks of like small government and uh, uh, personal responsibility. And and I watched several of his, his episodes where he talked about government spending and one of them was i want to say it was in 20 was it 2015 maybe it was 2015 and yep here it is pre-pandemic so 2015 a hundred homeland security employees were paid to stay home for over a year they spent it was at a cost of three billion dollars to stay home to stay home homeland security just to stay home. And it's like, well, why? Why would you at least not, I mean, what would be the point? And from what I understand is that they just didn't want to fire those people. So they kept them on, but they didn't do any work. Right. They didn't do anything. At $3 billion. Yeah, they could, like, make me do that for a little bit. Yeah. How do I get in that, in that department? But, you know, that that just kind of highlights to me, maybe they, in some of these scientific studies, maybe they just don't care because they got all this money and they're going to study, you know. <laughs> like, let's not exactly the tell them our findings. Let's, you know, keep that for plan, you know, B, so, you know, you can prolong their 
and to prolong their tests or, or their what they're getting after. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is what are they doing? Who's buying the information, and what are they doing with this information? You know, yeah, for for any of the stuff we brought up. So, and far. I think I think it's pretty hard to find that. Like, what, unless what you, they publish a um, like a journal and they give you what the what the results are, um, and you would really have to look into how they spent that money. You know, look right. at their budget and and whatnot. But you know, I, the the one we were talking about where they were studying the viruses and you know putting the vaccines in in pigs, uh, I don't think that was a government funded uh, study. That was they were trying to get money from I think it was the Gates Foundation or one that Bill Gates had been associated with, and to me that makes complete sense. You know, have private you know enterprise pay for these studies. Why why should the government have anything to do with that? Well, it, they're not up to the L. They're into it when there's profit involved. Mm-hmm. You got what? What's that? What's that over there? Oh, hey, I need a little of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't involved. You know, well, mm-hmm. not all of it. Uh, the State Department spent $850,000 to support the development of a National Cricket League. Oh. Those little guys that have need some more support. Not crickets like the bugs. Oh. <laughs> That's right. You're an American. You don't know what cricket is. No. See? <laughs> this, oh, these guys run around candy canes and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. No, it's just ridiculous because it's the State Department. What do they have to do with figuring out a cricket league. What what would be the the benefit to that? Well, there's so, some some cities don't even have a baseball yet. You know, I mean, yeah, Portland doesn't have so a baseball team. to have introduce other things is well, the state really? that sounds like like a good investment right now. I think the State Department. I think isn't their job <clears throat> to be like they work through like di- diplomacy with other nations. So I guess cricket is something to bond nations together. Maybe something to share. Yeah, but they should be, their their goal is to be, um, you know, bringing in stuff that creates revenue for this city, not this, to have it sitting there for somebody that wants to walk by and join once in a while, because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be mean, but how many people are going to go? I mean, how many people go to a soccer, these soccer games, I guess, mm-hmm. I, is it Rockies or whatever in Port, Portland? I can't The Timbers. Oh, yeah, the baseball the used to be, yeah, they were, trip, was it triple A? Oh, that was the baseball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I should mention we have some some guests in the audience. Uh, hmm. um, my my dad, Terry, showed up, and uh, and his significant other, Betty, in there watching us from afar. And I'm sure he just grinned when you said Rockies is the soccer team. I know. You know. <laughs> Him being the baseball fan. You would know. <laughs> yeah, because I've been to a few of those games back when they existed my dear old dad took me there yeah uh so here's some here's another area and i think this is a kind of an interesting one because we have uh you know radio stations been you know radio's been around for years and years and then we also have tv stations well government funds a couple of those you know what they are uh the tv station yeah yeah oh no just you have to just tell me yeah pbs Oh, okay. Right? Public broadcasting. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the uh, the radio version, NPR. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, I, I, you obviously don't listen to it. <laughs> no, but they said, and this was a few years ago, that four hundred forty-five billion dollars went to NPR and PBS. Really? Now, what would be the point of funding NPR and PBS? Yeah, if nobody knows about them. <laughs> well, think about uh, you know Jim Henson's uh, Muppets and 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 um, Sesame Street and some of those other educational programs. What was the? Oh gosh, I had to think way back to my childhood. Uh, Mister Rogers, mm-hmm. yeah, I used to watch him. You know, yeah. growing up, you know, he was on what our local public broadcasting is OPB, which is Oregon Public Broadcasting. Right. You know, and so I kind of grew up with that. Uh, but what would be the point? Is it to get Way back in the day to get programming that no commercially uh, viable station would play or show. I mean, is that why we would have a government-funded... Uh, uh, so they brainwash the kids. So they can brainwash the start, kids. Start while it's young. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Well, it's crazy because I've ran across a few Sesame Streets. Mm-hmm. None of your business. <laughs> 
I watch what I want to watch. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, and then, heck, if it's not the, the political thing that's going on, I'm like, man, you know, mm-hmm. make sure my kid can count past seven, you know, without screwing up. <laughs> and, you know, then, then to worry about the whose lives matter more that day. Yeah. One bat. Ah, ah, ah. That's Remember right. That? <laughs> I absolutely do. The count. But those were, those. That one's for you, buddy. Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah no yeah i, I noticed he didn't go past one no <laughs> a little scared like, we, we've had we've had this discussion before dave uh <laughs> so so let's maybe producer you you could bring up the the debt calculator this always freaks me out every yeah, time this I makes you feel it. good every time you look at it yeah yeah the uh the national debt currently is right around 28 trillion dollars and if you want to go to the the debt calculator, it's just us. Uh, let's see, usadebtclock.com, and you can see the debt calculator. There's a few other ones that you can you can navigate to, but it it's going like crazy. You're seeing hundreds of thousands of dollars just spinning up. Yeah, it's not here. one step forward, two steps back, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just freaking full tilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how fast those numbers are are cranking over. I was watching the John Stossel, one of the John Stossel uh, uh, specials, and he he wanted to go out and talk to the you know people on the street, and he took the national numbers at the time, and he lopped off eight zeros. <laughs> is that right yeah and he he still he still freaked people out he still well yeah so he he lopped off eight zeros at the end and he marked he labeled some of these things and instead of it being national debt he said family budget example mm. and so the numbers were the annual income of the family was twenty four thousand five hundred dollars and keep in mind this is like back in 20 I don't know, 13, 2011 or something. Okay. okay. So annual income for this family, $24,500. Their annual spending was $35,000. Okay. So mm-hmm. a little over like $10,000 more. And then their uh, existing credit card debt was $167,000. All right. And then their new credit card debt, the stuff that they're adding to it is $10,300. So they lopped off eight zeros and they gave this to the people on the street and said, hey, what do you think about this family income? And people look at it and they go, oh, they should probably get their priorities straight. You know, their income is only $24,000, yet they're spending thirty five every year. Right. You got to have the boat because the neighbor did. Sure. Keeping up with the Joneses. That's right. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the new credit card debt, $10,000 brand new and but that's also on top of the existing which is one hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars yeah and you got your school loans and sure yeah you know your car loans and Mm -hmm. yeah so so what he you know talks to these people and they said oh yeah this family they got to get their act together you know they can't be spending like that right it's ridiculous and then he turns the card over and and the title changes to federal budget and puts those eight zeros back on <laughs> and they freaked they they were like oh my god this is really serious really serious it's it is serious <laughs> it's, it's crazy serious. yeah so they're they're the what got to me was that for the everyday person they're talking about yeah a family they kind of talk down to the family because this seems very irresponsible sure. and no one really looks at the government government budget and and complains about the same thing until you make it relatable to that person. And Stossel made it relatable. And these people were just flabbergasted. Because you see numbers this big, and you wonder, is this, you, can you do anything about it? Right. How, how, how can you even make that go to just to stop moving? Yeah. Even if it stops moving, we're in serious trouble. Well, let's slow it down a <laughs> right. little bit. But no, it, it, because we've talked about this before. I'd be curious to know where we were then. Mm-hmm. And this was just a couple months ago that we did a did one on it. Yeah, uh, I think we're. I think we've added another one and a half trillion since we talked about uh, finances on a I podcast a few. I wouldn't doubt a couple that a months bit. ago. Uh, Rand Paul was talking about how much money that we're currently borrowing because. Uh, so in in uh, let's see. In 2008, when Bush was was in office, we had nine trillion dollars in in debt. 2008, 
And uh, Obama ran on the idea that it was terribly irresponsible of Bush to have, you know, $9 trillion in debt. And, of course, he got elected twice. And during Obama's reign, we went from $9 trillion to $17 trillion. It's a thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And he just... You he, said it's trend. And it's he, said, he said it was such an irresponsible thing. And then, of course, he, you know, basically doubles it. Right. And then our current debt... 28 trillion 10 trillion dollars more that is crazy and of course we know now with the the covid stuff and the government shutting down you know local government shutting down business uh the the income is is a lot lower the number of tax revenues are down because of it and And we just took out how many trillion dollars in recovery and covid and our now president i don't know that we can't remember the details but his what is it, 10 year, 10 plus year plan mm-hmm. for borrowing? Like, it's, it'll make it like, oh, I can't even remember the numbers. It's like 30 trillion something, something. Mm-hmm. But to borrow for the next till 2030. And, and then, then, you'll, then we'll start seeing it go down somehow. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, it's a plan that he has, but we have to borrow. And be in more debt up until then. Because <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> I don't get the spending idea where we can just keep spending and uh, and we don't have to, like, because we'll keep going into debt. I don't get how that makes us a stronger uh, country. If we have all this debt and people aren't afraid of the debt, then, well, why is that? Because I think most of the debt is held by, I think it's China still. Right. I believe, I believe that to be true. But with our national currency, or national, our world currency really is based on the dollar. And the dollar does keep, you know, going down in value, but it's still held as the as the, the primary currency in the world. Um, how does that impact us? Does that make us more, uh, vulnerable? I mean, what happens if a bunch of the countries decide, you know what, let's move away from the, the well, dollar? It's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, and especially if it's our plan to keep doing it, you know, I mean, because how about this? It'd be really neat to put put uh, the U.S. of A. on um, a good old Dave Ramsey plan. Oh, can you imagine? We have to do some major cutting in our budget. Right, but the money that comes in, the change that you could see dramatically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we're in a rut, but we would have an ability to really make a difference and see a difference mm-hmm. quick, you know. But well, so thinking about it in terms of like the Dave Ramsey plan, you know, the first step is is to uh, is to basically, um, you know, sell off everything you can in order to establish your emergency fund. We'll make a budget to make sure to see what you make, make sure you're not spending more than you make it make. Mm -hmm. And then, then you start seeing like, Oh, we are obviously. Mm -hmm. And then you've, now you got to make a plan to start selling off your stuff to sell money, to start selling it, to start paying off your debt or the ones who hold the debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, um, and so, and or, I mean, and at the same time, hopefully, redirect your funds, you know, all to one to start snowballing, yeah, snowballing it because yeah. it'll work, and even in a big way, it'll still work. Mm-hmm. Well, there's obviously a lot of areas that you could cut. I was, you know, again, I was watching some of that John Stossel uh, stuff, and they were, um, he was at the time kind of complaining about Nancy Pelosi because she was saying uh, we were trying to cut the budget and cut the budget, but she says there's nothing left to cut. And of course I called BS because there's always stuff to cut. It's about who thinks what's important. Same thing in your personal finances. You have to determine what is really required and what are just wants. And unfortunately, there's so much in the in the U.S. budget that are really just wants. It's just like these little earmarks. Um, yeah, I was um, looking at at you know the description of uh, pork. You ever heard that term in government? Pork. Um, I think I, I mean I've heard it. Yeah, 
<laughs> in not government? Be, not, not to be confusing with porking, Dave. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I thought that that's a, oh, Bill Clinton used it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how, I thought that's how the government used that term. Yeah. Do they use it in a different way, Scott? Well, you know, I was just thinking just for a moment there that Betty's face was priceless. Just... <laughs> Just talking about Bill Clinton is, yeah. So, um, anyway, back on topic. The um, pork is supposed to be this this runaway government spending, and they described it like back in the olden days when they had these barrels full of pork, and all these really hungry people would just start grabbing pork out of the barrel. That's the way government sees tax revenues. Is I just want to spend, spend, spend. Um, so. Uh, in in government pork, there's always this ongoing description of all this wasteful spending, and you know it's people everywhere want some uh, part of the action, part of the money to start spending. Harry Reid for a while there was really bad; like he was on one of the top lists for wasteful government spending. And I think he's correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Ethan, you can look him up. I thought he was a um, from Nevada. I think he represents Nevada. Big porker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh and he was talking about doing some sort of like uh cowboy poetry festival way back in the day. I didn't know that was a thing. But do the cowboys know it's a thing? <laughs> <laughs> in Nevada? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know of Nevada as being a place for cowboys, but maybe there are. LA maybe. I thought it was more like, you know, the the gangsters and the you know the casinos maybe the frank sinatras of the world not dead so uh the uh you know so all these people are trying to get uh these little earmarks right where right. they they put in the budget or the uh the they you know prep this bill and then they have all these little tiny earmarks where they're going to try and get you know some little sliver of funding to go back to their state and pay for you know cowboy poetry <laughs> something like that and I, I guess harry reed was uh was guilty of that for a while there um anyway i'm I'm losing my my train of thought here welcome uh, to my world <laughs> uh so the um one of the other things that i thought was funny so john Stossel, he, he admits that he's you know relatively wealthy guy uh he was he lives in new york a place where like jerry seinfeld and some of the other famous people live very wealthy neighborhood and he went out to the street, did some interviews because they were doing this uh, bike helmet giveaway and talking to some local government officials who were giving away these bike helmets. Nice. And they gave away, I want to say it was like 14,000 of them or something ridiculous. Yep. 14,000 helmets they gave away for free. That was nice. And people were lined up around the block waiting for these helmets. And... When he was doing the interview, he was talking to this lady who was who organized it, and he says, so uh, don't you think this is a little bit, like, wasteful, you know, government spending, tax dollar spend, you know, tax dollar money? And she says, no, 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 it's not coming from tax, uh, you know, taxpayer money. And he says, well, isn't that a, a federal grant that you're using to to hand out all these helmets? Well, yeah, but but we're using it to save lives. And it was like the end of of the interview because she didn't admit initially that it was even funded by taxpayers. Of course, it's funded by taxpayers if it's a federal grant. Who's who provides that money? Right, taxpayers. But she justified it as, oh, well, these helmets are saving lives. If we can just save one life, hmm. that's the kind of argument that they make, and it drives me absolutely crazy because then it's like, well, you just you just sort of got rid of you know, this value that, you know, the taxpayers have, you know, oh, they don't really mean anything because it's going to save a life. I think that's the same argument that they use for a lot of other stuff, you know, but one of the, it's only if they get caught using stuff, like, where are we going to? What's our go-to? Oh, we've got this argument here. Let's just go with that. Mm -hmm. Well, it it was interesting because the, the, uh, the, the camera person kind of pans down as you're looking at the, uh, at the line going around the block and there's a bike shop <laughs> a few storefronts down a bike shop that sells helmets <laughs> and there's a line going past his shop to pick up a free helmet and i don't i don't know how much they spent on on that uh 
Yeah, I didn't write how much they spent on it. But it's 14,000 bike helmets. <clears throat> Can you imagine if those folks really needed a bike helmet and they went to that store to buy a bike helmet? What that would do for that, for that, that store? Right. But instead, the government comes out right in front of their shop and starts handing them away. And to likely, a lot of people got them because they were free. Mm-hmm. Not because that they needed one and will go use it, mm-hmm. you know, so it sits in the garage, you know. That's so true, because they interviewed people on the street, and they said, can't you already afford a bike helmet? Well, sure, but they're giving these ones out for free. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. People don't think about, where is the money coming from? It's not the government. The government is funded by us. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how people can just kind of walk through life and not really understand where the money actually is coming from. Yeah, and how beneficial it is to take your money and spend it to, you know, give it to your neighbor, spend, mm-hmm. do the business with your neighbor than mm-hmm. to a larger corporation. Yeah, Rand Paul was saying that uh, that we spent that we spend more per month than we used to spend uh, in a, in a year. You know, he said that in March that we spent, I think it was like $800,000. We borrowed, we didn't spend, we borrowed $800,000 just in, just in March of 2021. Man, we make a lot of manure. Yeah. I mean, what else are we producing? Mm -hmm. I mean, my gosh, nothing but crap. (laughs) I mean, what are they, what what have we gotten different out of the money? More crap. Yeah. We produce crap. That's all we do. Yeah, where do we go from here? I don't at twenty eight trillion dollars. How do we how do we do any more giveaways when we don't have the money already? And how about this? Um, it sounds like to me most of the people I talk to, a goal would be to uh, be a self sustaining country and not have any debt at all, mm-hmm. and to have I don't know something on the other side of debt, you mm-hmm. know, and. So whose plan is this, you know? And if it seems like to me that the majority, I don't care which side you're on, they don't want insane debt in our country, you know? So if that's the case, you know, I don't feel like there's people that are are doing our bidding for us, you know? Well, listening to Rand Paul, he he basically blamed this on both Republicans and Democrats because in... Republican and Democrat administrations in uh, you know Congress when either side has has led there seems to be an increase in in debt spending and he says that you know there's one party Democrat party who dismisses it more so but the Republicans continue to spend yeah I know the Republicans are like well, well they did it mm-hmm. and so we do it and I get that understanding I get it but there's got to be, you know, an ability to stop and to stay back and then go, look, they did it. Mm-hmm. But nope, that, you know, we're, you know, now the Republicans are in the mix of it. Well, you know, we, we talk about a lot of different topics about, uh, you know, our society and the directions that people are going, the decisions that get made. And we kind of refer back to, you know, where are the adults in the room? Where are the responsible people who will bring up why it's an irresponsible move and and put a stop to it? Right. This is definitely one of those areas because at twenty eight trillion dollars, it's generations of of repayment. I think it was like eighty six thousand dollars per American is the is the debt load. Eighty six thousand dollars in debt per yeah. American. Not too it, long ago, it was it was. In the seventies, I remember, and that wasn't too long ago. Yeah, that was but like a couple up, months ago, right? right? Yeah, but but to go up ten grand per mm-hmm. household or person, whatever it was, mm-hmm. that's significant. Well, there's so many people that are looking; they're looking for something that's free that they don't feel like they have much responsibility for. I don't think we've even started the heavy spending yet. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like we've seen a lot of bumping up in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now, you know, it's so everything's expensive. Now it's to the point of, well, now we have some, but we're only going to, you know, give out this much to this many people. So now it's even 
you know, harder to get. And so it's going to be, that's going to drive prices up and less people are going to get, you know, work done. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't think there's enough, uh, urgency, you know, the, you know, whatever you, whatever your belief is about, uh, global warming or climate change, um, there, there's a, a sense of urgency from, uh, the left about that situation about, um, you know, global temperatures or climate change or, you know, the ice melting and raising sea levels or whatever. I think for me, the urgency should be really dedicated to this debt. The debt is something that's very real. You can see it. You can feel it. You're going to see it for generations. That will destroy, I think, our our country before any sort of raising uh, or rising uh, sea levels will be. I just don't think people, it's not in their, it's not in their forefront. They don't see right. it. Right. And to think, what if we had the actual capital? Mm-hmm. So everything we did was on our own money, not, not borrowed. Mm-hmm. And when our, and when our country is in need, we are still sustaining, you know, we don't have to borrow from, let's just say another country that, I don't know, hates us, <laughs> you know, to keep us all afloat, if you will, mm-hmm. barely. Well, think about the fossil fuels and how we became oil independent from other countries. And now with, you know, pipelines getting shut down and, you know, we're not, we're not uh, drilling as much. We're not fracking. We're going to get to a point where then we may, depending on, on, you know, government restrictions on fossil fuel uh, use, uh, we may be dependent on other countries again. Oh, for sure. You know? But I, having debt go to China, unless unless that's unless that's sort of a a false thing, meaning because we can print our own money, it doesn't matter, or the idea that uh, we're going to continue to be a massive power, so that debt doesn't even matter. Either you know that's going to self implode. Well, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think some of the great, you know, some of the great uh, um, powers of of years gone by, you know, like, you know, Rome was pretty powerful. They kind of imploded for a lot of like political reasons and spreading themselves too thin. And, and uh, I think the United States, they could be in trouble. We could be in trouble Oops. if we don't start doing something to reverse um, this really, really poor behavior, irresponsible behavior. I know. At the very least, they what they need to do is you know, they have all these straws sucking out the life of all these little companies and big companies. Mm -hmm. And they could at least open up the world so they could start siphoning them. I mean, what good are all these businesses and companies to them if they can't suck them dry anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they're not thinking very long term, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, at least then it was easier to pretend the ticks aren't there, you know, that, you know, there's not a mosquito on you sucking you dry. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a certain amount of like economic growth that maybe we could, we could enjoy. The problem is, is that we spend it faster than, um, than we receive it. The, the idea that we would have some major tax increases to pay for national debt, that's probably, I mean, it's going to happen just because we, we want to, um, we, because the idea is that we want to take the rich and bring them down. That's the yeah, the goal there. <laughs> it's not really it's not really to cover the national debt. Uh, they they say that they want to like pay for free college, like our our last episode, uh, you know, or a couple episodes ago, and uh, pay for these other things by taxing taxing the rich. I just don't think that the money is there. I think what they're doing is they're just taxing the rich because they don't like the rich and they want to bring those folks down. Uh, with $28 trillion, you're not going to tax anyone to that's not gonna, fill that void. Yeah, because I don't think that's, the, my opinion is that's not their goal is is to pay that down at all, ever. It's to bring down like the rich down and, and, uh, and to use their money to fund their narrative. Mm-hmm. Not to, not to, take care of any of that. Mm-hmm. It was just to um, bring up everything that they want. Yeah. I mean, it's working. Yeah, I think it is working. Well, and there's so many other groups that are taking advantage of that same uh, mentality to, you know, to gain power and, and, uh, and, and some sort of control over, you know, 
the population, those those people who are going to continue to vote them back into office. I know, and it's unfortunate because even those people, most of us, we just want to go work our pathetic jobs and mm-hmm. come home to our barely, you know, hopefully decent lives and have that reputation and pretend that you're not in a, you know, whatever you want to You're call in it. ignorant bliss. Right, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, right now, it's now it's not even a, a decent cycle. Now it's just a pain in the ass and mm-hmm. every which way you go. One of the, the side results uh, from from how the spending works and, and government regulation, some other things, uh, is the black market. You know, I, it was, I found it fascinating that they were saying as there's more and more government control and, uh, debt spending continues to rise. And, uh, there are these little black markets that start popping up and flourishing. They were describing the, you know, the taxes on tobacco products in New York. And what was his name? Uh, he got, uh, I think he died from selling, uh, it was like police brutality was arresting him, strangled him. He died of like a heart attack on the way uh, and he was selling, he was selling loose cigarettes. Right. And I can't remember his George. Name. No, it's not George Floyd. It was, uh, maybe producer Ethan can look up that, that guy from New York. He uh, sounds familiar though. Selling, uh, loose cigarettes. But the, the thing is, is that he, he was a criminal because he was doing something in the black market. He was selling, he was, he was circumventing the rules of the government, which put a very high tax on, right. on uh, tobacco products. And so he was selling cigarettes at a profit under, you know, under the table and uh, ended up, uh, Eric Garner, there you go. Thank you, E. That's, that's masterful work there, producer. <laughs> so the idea is these uh, black markets start to show up. And generally, black markets are a bad thing. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You start getting some pretty shady stuff, and you don't get traditional, uh, I would say, um, police um, like services uh, in those areas, yeah. right? You, you've you got try, your you own know, personal you security. Get a, get a kidney, and the damn thing, the liver shows up. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. Can't get your money back on that one. That's right. Yep. And uh yeah, and then and then you get, you know, the uh what do they call them? Concrete shoes when you when, yeah. you, when you talk to the cops. Yeah. <laughs> but these black markets start showing up and you start getting uh more like, you know, crazy violence, you know, that's you know, not necessarily out in the middle of uh of everyone to see. Uh think about like you know, when alcohol was made illegal. You know, pro- prohibition. That's when a lot of power went to some of these criminals. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the direction that we're seeing a lot of these things happen is when we start taxing a whole bunch, uh, we're regulating a whole bunch of this stuff, and then suddenly there's this underground uh, marketplace and bad stuff starts to happen. And that's not the stuff unless it's like you legalize weed that stuff isn't going to get taxed and go towards any, you know, government coffers unless you make it legal like Oregon and Washington and I don't know how many other states now. Yeah. But even at that, that's not going to that's not going to pay the debt. That's just going to pay for new programs. Right. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. And that's all. And I don't think you even look at it as paying back. Yeah. Just look at what Do you think they that uh politicians ever look at reducing the amount of spending or does it seem like it's always about more to me it seems like when you go into it when you're born into it like this is just how how it the machine works and they would never look in at a way to even want to slow it down you know Mm -hmm. i mean they might do some things that might help us out like you know like utilizing our own oil, you know, so it's better for us. That might actually start slowing things down with a, on a side effect mm-hmm. while benefiting us as a you yeah. know, civilian. I think, yeah, economic growth would probably but, slow down. But I don't think anybody's on purposely going, all right, listen, let's not spend this money on this. Let's, you know, cut this. Let's see what we could do for, I don't know, teachers attempt to, do what you did on the funds you had last year. Oh, yeah. Instead of trying to get annual 
you know, funds every year or, you know, not just what you get. They want more every year. Well, that, that's an interesting one because, you know, I've worked in public education for a number of years and how budgeting normally works, at least in, in the state of Oregon, is that is that you have a certain budget. And if you don't spend that budget, typically they don't renew that same budget the following year. So at the end of the year, when there is leftover money, they have a spending spree and a whole bunch of waste. You know, you're buying a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter uh, because you want to spend the rest of your budget so that that budget is renewed the next year. And then, of course, there's always the requests for increasing uh, the budget. but. But very rarely does public education spend less and uh, do that on purpose. Because most people should be able to sit in front of their desk or machine or whatever they do for a living and go, I could give it a little bit more. You know, (laughs) I could do a little bit better of a job. You know, I could try a little harder. You know, I could get up a little bit more often or, you know, you know, I mean, not everybody you know, runs a 10 all the time, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I know that there's ways that we could all attempt to do something positive, but I don't even think anybody tries. That's not even on their I think if you typically list. work for government, you're not pushing to do more. I mean, you might claim as a politician to, to claim to do more, but I think as a government worker, I, there might be individuals, you know, I, I won't say that it's a never scenario, but I think in general, um, at least in public education, it's generally unionized. People are always asking for more. Well, they know that they have a, a certain budget of money coming in, mm-hmm. and they know that they're going to try to go get a certain chunk of that money that's coming in, mm-hmm. but everybody knows that the amount of money, no matter how much it is, is never enough. So then they have to have certain people to go and say, hey, but can we take more out? Can we make loans off of this or that to get more? And, um, and I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> My thought stopped uh, off at a Seven Eleven. Uh, <laughs> some refreshments. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, in public education, we spend a ton of money. And I think if, if you look at the national, uh, amount of funds that go towards education, and then you combine that with, uh, local state funds, it's an enormous amount of money that goes to public education and, right. and, and we, we did talk about this on a, on a previous podcast about, about free college, but, uh, you know, is this, is that really necessary spending? Could we, could we supplement that in a different way using private sector, you know, funding? Uh, I think having some businesses, you know, sponsor uh, career-related schools um, shows some, some promise, and there's the potential to maybe do that in some other ways. But my 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 biggest concern is just how vulnerable does this make us by having this amount of debt? And are the folks who are actually spending this debt, who are increasing this debt, do they even care? Do they see that there's danger here? Or is it just sort of like smoke and mirrors and we don't need to be thinking about it because it's actually not a big deal? Or is it because it is a big deal and they don't want to own up to it? It has to be considered a huge deal. I don't care what state of, you know, who you are, you know, living in the U.S., whether you're running it or if you're a homeless person, I think it's a huge freaking deal. Mm-hmm. Even think about the homeless person would be living even better if we didn't have any debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, that's true. I, I agree. I do you mean, think Do you think the, the Biden administration is going to talk about debt at all during their during their reign? I think they will be. They'll be talking about how much more it's going to be getting into debt. His, one, he, I can't remember his plan, but one of his plan was increasing debt over the next 10 years to in turn somehow start decreasing after that. So he wants to spend I, more so that we can decrease later? Yeah. Is that the plan? That, that, <laughs> it sounded bizarre. I wanted to look into it a little bit more, but yeah, I, it was, I don't remember his new plan, but it sounded like a winner. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't. <laughs> Is that sarcasm? <laughs> it sounded like a winner. Yeah. It, uh, you, you know, you can't uh, borrow yourself out of debt. You no. know, you can't. Well, maybe we'll close out the, the show here. But my my thought is if, if people relate the uh, the federal, you know, budget to their personal budget, then maybe we'll get some people who are a little bit more concerned about it. 
But right now, I'm not even sure if, like, normal people are concerned about budget. Right. And if people aren't concerned about their own personal budget, then why would they even care about a national budget? Well, it's like I look at my at my, my, my household, in, and the, what we have left really is our house. And, and, and once we pay off that much, you know, because it's a significant amount of our what we make, and we think, oh, my gosh. What would we do with that extra lump of money, you know, and what that would go back into our, you know, retirement and our savings and Porsches, whatever, you know, the typical <laughs> thing. And, and, um, but we have even more options, you know, and so that's how I wish that my country would think because, yeah, it would be kind of rough for a few years, but, um, what we could do off of our own money was it would be so much so much so so bit much bigger than what we could do with borrowed money i mean mm-hmm. borrowed money is expensive it's expensive yep, it sure is yep because it's got to go through a lot of hands mm-hmm. yeah well and 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 like we talked before money is kind of the kind of the grease for that wheel it helps the, the whole life move and, and, some uh, grease. and if <laughs> and if if you've got um money problems debt problems it really um it really slows everything down you you can't get to the places that you want to get yeah. and uh but having having a low debt or no debt allows for any revenue coming in to allow more things to happen yeah uh, positive things to happen i agree so all right dave let's uh let's close it out does that sound good sounds great all right. Thanks uh, again for listening. If you don't mind, uh, you know, check us out on our. Well, should we even direct people to uh, to, to our Twitter account? Well, we could. We could direct your dad to the Twitter. Twitter oh yeah, boy, especially that'll that'll never happen. Uh, you guys can find us at the NTS Podcast on Twitter. You can also go to our website, nevertoserious.com. dot com. And uh, if you don't mind, tell your friends about the show. We'd love to get a little bit more of an audience following. And, uh, yeah. And again, thanks to producer E for helping, uh, helping run the show today. So, all right. Well, until we see you next time, take care and be safe.